Welcome back to the WISP podcast, where we celebrate amazing women trailblazing in security and privacy. I'm Nicole, your dopest hostess with the mostest, and I am excited that you came back to join us. But for those of you who are new to this party, this podcast is dedicated to celebrating the women who are part of our amazing WISP community. And I'm proud to kick off our first full episode with none other than the fabulous Rachel Toback. Welcome to the show, Rachel. It's so great to have you. I am so excited for this, Nicole. Thanks for having us. I am as well. So let's just jump right in. So tell me about your relationship with WISP. Yes. Okay. So it all started at DEFCON 24, I believe. Mm-hmm. I get off the stage competing for social engineering, the social engineering competition, where you're in the glass booth in front of an audience mm-hmm. of 500 people. You have to hack a real company target live in front of that audience in 20 minutes over the phone. And I ended up getting second place. Who is waiting for me at the end of the stage, but none other than the founder, one of the founders, of West, mm-hmm. Elena. And Elena goes, hey, we saw you up there. Have you ever wanted to join a board before? And I said, I would love to tell me more. And she goes, you should join WISP, Women in Security and Privacy. Let me tell you all about it. So we went out to eat, we hung out and boom, I came on as a creative director. And from there, I think a couple of years later, I became the chair of the board by vote. And I have been chair of the board ever since. Very nice. So what does that mean? What do you do as chair of the board for WISP? Chair of the board, uh, the role really is about strategic vision. So making sure that WISP is moving in the direction that we want it to, whether it's focusing more on job opportunities because of the economic downturn right now. That's something that we're really focused on. Doing research with our members to make sure we understand what they need and how they need it. Things like scholarships, access to courses, training, things to boost their career and the skills that they're looking to to build within their career. And then building strategic partnerships with folks like Share the Mic and Cyber. Both super important, right? That's which is actually how we met through Share the Mic and Cyber. But you know, our industries, both security and privacy, are just constantly evolving, yes. right? Bad actors are constantly evolving their strategy. So being fresh on making sure like we have that new training is so important. Now we thank you for your service at WISP, but you also are the boss lady of your own company. Do you want to tell <laughs> me about that? Sure. I'm the CEO of Social Proof Security. We are a social engineering prevention and security awareness company. And we do that through video training. We have both music videos in a variety of genres and spoken videos with hacking demonstrations and live events and pen testing. So we actually hack people in addition to just talking about hacking people. (laughs) Nice. That's super, super cool. What inspired you to build Social Proof Security? Yeah. I mean, it's super organic. So after DEF CON, I am I competed two more times. I got second place every single time. Uh, I guess consistency is key. I started getting asked by folks at different organizations, hey, can you come to our organization and talk about what you did on stage at DEF CON? How were you able to do that? How can we resist those social engineering methods over the phone, email, text message, social media DM? And so I started just organically speaking to the folks who were reaching out about that. And they started saying, you should probably LLC. (laughs) (laughs) just like legally speaking, so we can pay you. And so I LLC'd for the first time in 2017. It's an adventure to actually form a company and build it and join and and have a bunch of other leaders join me. I mean, it's, it's been an experience. This is something that I'm sure you can relate to, Nicole. 
Oh, yeah. I find like the work for you is not only uh, rewarding, right? But it's but it's very important. Can you talk about the importance of the work that you do with Social Proof? Yeah. Well, we're training the first line of defense, uh, which is the people at every organization. So making sure that people understand what the common threats look like right now for their threat model, helping people understand that, well, they might not be targeted directly. They could definitely receive a phishing email, text message, et cetera, even if they really don't have a high threat model. Most people receive phishing messages at least once a month at the very minimum. And helping them understand what that looks like and how it could affect their business, their personal life, their family members, their bank account, their mortgage. I mean, these things are serious, right? When we're able to successfully hack people, we can steal all your money. We can put your house in a different name. We can turn your lights off. We can steal your mail. I mean, just like scary stuff, right? That nobody wants to be a part of. And those are just the things in your personal life. It also affects your business. And so people want to understand how do I keep my business safe? How do I keep the teammates around me safe? How do we avoid having a huge brand disaster that's going to haunt us? We want to understand how to avoid these threats. So being able to go there and help people feel better to understand what the common threats look like and the most likely ways that they'll be scammed is really, it's motivating for me. It's very fulfilling. Yeah. And we appreciate it. I mean, when you, we hear about like so much happening, you know, where power plants are being taken over, right? Like it has such a huge impact on just our well-being, right? We're thinking about hospitals and universities. It's just, it's wild these days. So the work that you do is super important. Thank you. Yeah. When we go to the hospital, we want to be thinking about getting well, getting better. We don't want to be thinking about ransomware, but honestly, these things are affecting people all the time where suddenly the doctor comes in goes, sorry, I don't have your chart. Uh, our systems are down right now. And you later learn it's because they had a ransomware attack or your kid comes home from school crying because they thought that they got a zero on an assignment because their school got ransomware. And now they don't have access to any of these interesting essays that they submitted to their teacher. So it's just, it's disruptive to everybody, whether they're going to school, whether they're a child and they don't understand, or you're an adult and you're just trying to get through the day. You don't want to have to deal with these hacks. No, not at all. And especially me as a security practitioner, I don't want to deal with them at all. I had to. And yeah, it's, it's, what a web we weave. So take me back to the beginning, Rachel. How did you get into security? Oh, it was, it's a long story journey. So I'll take you back to college, which was a while ago at this point. I studied neuroscience and behavioral psychology, and I worked in a rat lab um, in the basement. (laughs) <laughs> no windows. Um, okay. Just, just me and the rats. <laughs> can you imagine? Um, no. I can because I did it. And so I'm down there with all the smelly, adorable rats. I used to do behavioral studies with rats to understand how rats brains work, how they are persuaded to do the things that they do, which is the first line of research, either rats or mice, before we go ahead and we test on human subjects. After that, I got into learning a little bit more how behaviorism uh, affects uh, and neuroscience affects humans. And I did a bunch of studies with humans and I determined I like humans better than rats. Rats are cool, but they bite me and I don't like that. So I started working with humans and I became a teacher after that. I wanted to work with children with disabilities and I worked with children with disabilities as a teacher for both middle and high school for seven years, seven years. Yes. We, we meaning me and my husband, we actually met when we were in high school. So we have been together for a while. Uh, That's a whole nother story. We could do a whole podcast about the origin story of me and Evan, but Evan and I were like, we should move far away from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and try something new. So we checked out a bunch of different areas. San Francisco was one of them. That ended up being the best match. He got a job over at Sandia National Labs. 
And I got a job teaching out in Concord. We made our way to the Bay Area and we have been in the Bay Area ever since. It's been fantastic, a really fun move. One day I was teaching and I thought, you know what? I don't know if this is the best use of my skills anymore. I wonder if I could scale up a little bit more by working in technology. So I went to a friend and my friend said, well, Silicon Valley's like right there. Uh, Maybe you can go check it out. And I'm such a noob. I go, Silicon Valley. (laughs) Remind me what that is again. What is that? Um, Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. she's like, you should apply to like at least Facebook. I mean, that's what's down there, right? I ended up exploring, figuring out my options in tech, applied to a bunch of ed tech companies. So that was a really easy fit for me. And then I ended up running the security awareness training at an ed tech company after I went to DEF CON for the first time because my husband said, hey, you should come to Vegas and meet me there. You would be a really good person to get into the glass booth. You always call the cable company to get the bill lowered every single month. <laughs> this is the exact same skill set, Rachel, get into the glass booth in front of 500 people. And so I, I was love like, it. All right. Yeah, I'll try. So I tried it and I got second place three years in a row and determined I should probably do that as my full-time job. So I did. Yeah. Well, wow. What a, what a transition. And I, and I love that you talked about how you were able to leverage transferable skills from education, right. Right. To get into tech, um, because we all know about the shortage in the industry and we need people that think differently and more creatively. And education is a huge part because security really, really is everybody's responsibility. 100% Nicole. I think that's such an important thing for people to hopefully walk away with because I'll have people come up to me and be like, what did you study in school? I want to follow your path exactly. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I studied neuroscience and behavioral psychology. I mean, you can try, but I don't really think that's going to give yeah. you security. But mm-hmm. what it will give you is a lot of skills that you can transfer into security, security yeah. awareness, being a great manager. I'm sure that's really useful for you as a BSO. If I have your uh, title correct, do I still mm-hmm. have to Okay, great. Yeah. So there are so many transferable skills. I mean, you could go to school for almost anything and find a way to transfer it into security or privacy. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I studied finance and accounting. I came up through business. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. But I'm always thinking about like the business impact or the financial impact of decisions that we make. Right. Yeah. You're able to speak the language of the bottom line, which is very important when you're communicating to management or anybody who is making the decision with the bills. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's important, especially as we think about like, should we have to keep the lights on and security, but we also need to make sure like the business is doing business more securely. So being able to be like that translation layer really helps a lot. That is so smart. I love oh, yeah. That. So let me ask you this. I can only imagine that there were some big challenges that happened along your journey. Anything that stands out to you the most? Uh, yeah, some funny stuff. If you've ever met me in person, and Nicole has, so Nicole knows this. Yes. I'm very short. <laughs> we're talking under five feet. Okay. And while my person personality definitely mm-hmm. commands the room because I have a very expressive personality. I think sometimes people prejudge me, you know, mm-hmm. look at me and they might not think that I'm a CEO or the chair of the board. Right. So I have had many instances where I walk into a room, I say, all right, everybody, let's go ahead and get started. And somebody will say, let's wait for the CEO to get here. Wow. <laughs> He's here. We can start. Mm-hmm. We're ready. Yeah, we got this. It's interesting, you know, the look on somebody's face when they realize like, oh, uh, I didn't realize I just let that bias right out. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, oh, yeah. No, right. No. What about big wins? Yeah, the big wins that I've had are... Um, we launched a video training platform, like I mentioned. So we have the music videos and the spoken content. We launched that the week of DEF CON, DEF CON 30. So the last mm-hmm. DEF CON we just had. Within two days, we got signups for 260 demos. Wow. 
Yeah. And now it's, we're recording this in April of 2023 or almost May. And we're on every continent. We have been viewed by a hundred thousand employees translated into 12 plus languages. Uh, we're all over the world. Uh, every continent except for Antarctica. I should be. Clear. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, we need to get that Antarctica client. <laughs> we want to check. I, when we get that, I'll say that. But yeah. <laughs> That's amazing because um, one of the things that I'm often talking to to security teams about is awareness programs. And typically I find a lot of organizations either surprisingly don't have security awareness programs or they have security awareness content that's just not engaging, right? Like it may be a newsletter that probably goes stale and nobody reads or some really antiquated videos that if I just pay a little attention while I'm multitasking, I kind of know how to get through. But I love that you have this super engaging content and music is great because people can remember things that way by like lyrics and rhythm, right? I think that's awesome. That's, I mean, the only reason why I know what a conjunction is, is because of conjunction, junction, what's (laughs) What's your your function? function? I mean, that was one of the original reasons why I created this company the way that I did. When we think of remembering things, people always say, why do I know the lyrics to every single Pitbull song? And I cannot mm-hmm. tell you what I studied on that biology test last year. Right. But in the same year, I know the Pitbull lyrics. Why mm-hmm. is that? It's because music speaks to us in a different way and it forms different neural pathways, which I'm not going to get into neuroscientifically speaking, but it's just <laughs> easier to remember. And we yeah. need people to be able to recall these topics and it's got to actually be actionable. You can't just say people to, to people that they're not allowed to click. If they're not allowed to click, they're going to get fired. They can't do their job. They work in HR or finance or sales. Clicking's part of the job. Right. right? So we, we have to give people actionable, reasonable expectations about how to stay safe at work. Oh yeah. And personal life. Oh yeah. And Rachel, you've got some pipes on you. Oh we won't put you on the spot. They should definitely check out the videos. Right. But yeah, I was like, who freaking knew? So more transferable skills or more talent that you brought into your craft. I love that. That's the, that's the thing is I really hope people walk away from this thinking, what can I uniquely do? Mm-hmm. That other people maybe don't have the skills or haven't practiced. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I can sing. I mean, I wasn't trained, but I can kind I can hold a tune. Yeah. I know how to write lyrics. I mean, Evan and I met, my husband and I met at a coffee shop because we were doing an open mic night and I was writing lyrics. I mean, that's we were emo kids, right? I love it. I can write lyrics, can rhyme, I can do poetry, I can do technical writing from when I had to write my thesis in college. Mm -hmm. I have all of these technical skills, the stat skills to be able to communicate things effectively. I used to be a TA for stats, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what can I uniquely do? Maybe I'll make some songs for security awareness. And I bet there's other people who are sitting out there and they have a completely different constellation Mm -hmm. of things they can uniquely do and see what's at the intersection of all those nodes. It's probably something really cool. Absolutely. And I think that's really a part of like the secret sauce that is Rachel Toback or Nicole Dove or anybody, right? It's pulling all those things together. I think that makes it super unique and super special where, you know, in in a space where, where we need some creativity. We really do. Things get yeah. stale and very boring and very compliance focused. So oh. we just, can we mix it up a little bit? Yes. Please. And thank you. Please. And thank you. So perfect transition. What advice do you have for women who aspire to work in security or privacy? Yeah. 
you definitely do need to go into it knowing that there is some level of bias you're going to encounter. And I think that's something that most of us have encountered in our lives, but know that it is a male dominated field, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to go into that. And that might be a challenge. Many of us have gotten through it and we're waiting for you with open arms on the other side. So you do have to, I think, steal yourself against it sometimes. Know that walking into a room, you might be prejudged, but project yourself with confidence, go in there, you know your stuff, I believe in you. And I can't wait to see what you do. I mean, we, we're just going to lift you up and we just keep sending the ladder back down and bringing more, more and more women up. That's right. And that's what WISP is all about, yes. right? So Rachel, last question. What's next and exciting in your world? Oh, I'm really excited about this. So I'm going to Australia for the first time because I'm giving okay. the key Ausert. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ausert, Ausert, Ausert. We're going to go mm-hmm. with that. Um, okay. It's not German, it's Australian. Right. Uh, and so I'm really excited to go down under for the first time. It's going to be a long flight from San Francisco. Yes. A really exciting journey. And I love being able to speak to other folks and hear about their experience in security because Australian security is different than our understanding of security because they have different types of threats. Yeah. Very nice. Super exciting. Well, listen, if anybody is the perfect person to go and learn about threats somewhere, it is definitely you, our favorite white hat hacker. <laughs> uh, but I'm super excited that you came to hang out with us today. Thank you so much, Rachel. Wait, before we go. Where can people find out more information about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they find these amazingly fun videos? Okay. Yes. Socialproofsecurity.com is our website. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rachel Toback, on Instagram at Rachel Toback, and at LinkedIn at Rachel Toback. Twitter just dropped our verified, my legacy verified check. So you're just going to have to trust me. That's (laughs) That's right. All right, guys, well, make sure you check her out, socialproofsecurity.com and at Rachel Toback, pretty much on all platforms. Otherwise, that is it for today's episode. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Rachel. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. And remember, you can join us for new episodes on the last Monday of every month as we elevate and celebrate these deserving women. I'm sure we will all find some inspiration in their stories. And I look forward to seeing you there. 